Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Alright, good evening everybody. Welcome to day three of Relentless and it doubles as our Vibe Wednesday. I want to welcome every one of you. I want to say good evening to you. I believe that you are having a very beautiful uh, week and an amazing year already. Hallelujah. Uh, we are going to be blessed. You're going to receive yet again the Word of God. And I believe that God's Word is going to do something good in your life tonight. Spirit of the living God, I thank you for your glorious presence here. I thank you because you are good and you are kind to us. I thank you because you have already anointed my lips and you have anointed my life to bring the word of truth to your people thank you for guiding my thoughts and for helping me to reveal to your people that which you would love them to know lord i give you thanks i give you praise that this teaching tonight is relevant to the people it builds faith in their hearts hallelujah and in the name of jesus they respond to the word of god we receive the end of this teaching as a blessing to your people in jesus name amen amen all right welcome to day three of relentless um i want to welcome everybody and this evening um the episode title is huge appetites huge appetites huge appetites so when we say something is huge we say that it is extremely large and enormous all right when we say something is huge it's we, we are saying that it is extremely large and enormous what we are saying is that it is large in size or in amount so when we say huge appetite we are saying that a person has an extremely large or enormous appetite hallelujah large in amount large in size now you see um there's a way that you can teach this and you know you can teach this and people are going to confuse this for maybe covetousness or for any of those things but i will explain that it is different okay i am not coveting something that belongs to another person no i am i have a huge appetite for everything that is legally mine in christ jesus i'm not going to I'm not going to act as though I don't want it. I'm not going to act indifferent. Brothers and sisters, I want, glory to God, and I have all that Jesus has made available in redemption. So this is not covetousness. This is not having a big eye. This is not being unnecessarily ambitious. No, this is that there is a basis like i shared with you yesterday all right there is a basis for my confident expectation and i'm not only having competent expect a confident expectation you know my confident expectation has translated into faith for now faith to see those things come into my life praise god so all right god wants us to have a huge appetite let's turn our bibles now this huge appetite okay is part of the overall um teaching to help you understand glory to god to help you understand this series that we are on and to help you understand that which god has said that 2023 
is the year where cravings are met. Let's turn our Bibles to John chapter number one. The book of John chapter number one and verse 12. John chapter number one, the book of St. John's Gospel chapter number one and verse 12. Here's what it says. It says, but as many as received him, he gave them the power. I'm reading from the King James. He gave them the power to become sons of God even to them that believe on his name. Read that again. But as many as received him, so have you received him? If the answer is yes, then the next thing he says is that he has given you the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Let's read another translation. The NLT says, But to all who believe him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Okay, now that word power or right is is what we is exousia. Alright, in the Greek it's exousia and it means delegated empowerment. It means delegated empowerment. Alright, so it is actually, please take note of this, it is actually delegated empowerment for a designated jurisdiction. It is delegated empowerment for a designated jurisdiction. Now, what is the designated jurisdiction? You're on earth. You and I are in our body. We are in the body. We are on earth. That's our jurisdiction. That's our designated jurisdiction. All right. And what is the delegated empowerment here? The empowerment here is that we are sons of God. We are children of God. Praise God forevermore. So we have the uh, we, we have the right of sonship. Glory to God forevermore. So it is out of this right of sonship, the fact that you are children of God, the fact that you are a son, that I'm asking you, or that the Spirit of God is asking you to have a huge appetite. In other words, God has given you delegated empowerment. God has given you delegated ability. God has given you power. He has given you exousia. All right. And you, you should desire to use it. You should have a huge, huge, huge appetite. All right. To use that which God has given to you. Okay. So now let me, let me explain this to you because this is very important. You know, this huge appetite that we are talking about is that a person is positioning themselves, glory to God, to take advantage of all that Jesus has brought them into. Have a huge appetite for life. Have a huge appetite for, for the things that Jesus has paid for. Have a huge appetite, a healthy and a huge appetite. Glory to God for all that Jesus has accomplished. So it is delegated empowerment. Now let's read that again. It says, but to all who believed him. So the question is, have you believed him? The answer is yes. And accepted him. Okay, yes. It says, he gave the right. So he has given you the right to become the children of God. Now as the child of God, you should be interested in using your rights. You should be interested. You should have a huge appetite to use the rights that he has given to you. To use the delegated empowerment that he has given to you. You, you should have a desire for that. Now, you use it. You, you should have a huge appetite to use it for yourself and to also use it for other people. Okay, so let me try to give you an example. All right, you have been called into an office, like we see in Nigeria happen all the time. So you've been called into a position, and the office is that you are the inspector general of police. Okay, and you can use your office to ensure that criminality stops, to ensure that in insecurity stops, to ensure that things are well, to ensure that businesses are thriving, to ensure that people are flourishing, you know, to ensure that the city is safe and all of that. But guess what? You go into the office and you're not interested. You don't have a huge appetite to use the delegated empowerment that has been given to you. 
all right you don't have a huge appetite and guess what you go in there you look the other way when crime is being talked about like just like we see all right you you look the other way okay when when evil happens you look the other way and and you know instead of criminality to decrease okay criminality is is, is getting on the increase or is getting on the rise you see that person is not does not have a huge appetite or they might have a huge appetite for other things all right but not for you know the delegated authority hallelujah that has been given to them the delegated empowerment do you understand what i'm saying so what it means is that you have a huge appetite for that which has been given to you all right do you understand so you, you you should be interested in in you know ensuring that you you function fully in the provisions of your office all right so let's come back to the analogy or let's come back to the conversation so you are the bible says you, god has given you the right to be the son of god all right you are not just craving like an alien okay you are the son of god praise god forevermore and so you should have a desire okay to use your rights hallelujah to use the right of your sonship glory to god to use the right of your privilege glory to god to use the right of your influence glory to god forevermore now you know sometimes when i start to teach i'm just trying to you know think to myself how much can they take but let's see how much we can take tonight praise god so I, i'm not bombarding you with too much information all right so let me know can you take much tonight can you are you ready glory to god forevermore so so john 1 and verse 12 says god has given you the right to become the son of god now listen to me your your cravings are as a result of your sonship all right the things you crave to see as a result of your sonship so you should have a huge appetite in in demonstrating the the benefits of your sonship so in other words you come into an office or you come into a position called the son of god or children of god okay and then as that person who has that position glory to god hear me and hear me real good all right god trusts you god trusts your judgment you know the bible says whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven whatever you lose on earth shall have been losing in heaven so as a son of god as god's representative on the earth remember i said it is delegated empowerment for designated jurisdiction so as a son of god as one who is on earth in your designated jurisdiction god trusts your judgment god is learning to trust your judgment you know why god can trust your judgment two things number one you are his son number two you have his will oh let me say that again number one you are his son number two you have his will what is his will his will is revealed in the word now so here's the idea okay if you are his son that means you have his dna and you have his will okay that means you have his word god begins to learn to trust your judgment so in other words now here's what's going on now so this person is a son of god he has god's will he has god's dna that means you are born of god all right but now this person does not have an appetite to demonstrate the the or to take advantage of the provisions of their sonship all right and then they allow the enemy have a full day they allow depression have a full day you know they allow sickness to have a full day they allow lack to have a full day they allow all kinds of evil to have a full day they allow stagnation to have a field day with their lives or with the life of their loved ones or with the lives of their friends and guess what they're not doing anything about it they're not even interested in doing anything about it now the truth is the only thing that can do that to a person where a person comes to the place where you know they are no longer interested in the rights of their sonship is negative life experiences so your life experience all right should not talk you out of what jesus has made available to you now you see the interesting thing about this is that 
all of us, before we began to learn about the gospel of grace and about what has been made available for us in Christ Jesus and about what, you know, Jesus has done. You know, we had lived a couple of years already in ignorance. Do you understand? And some of us, you know, a lot of years have gone by in ignorance. You know, a lot of years have gone by and people have been sick. A lot of years have gone by and people have been broke. A lot of years have gone by and people have lived in depression. You know, so, so many years have gone by. You understand? Then, you know, a couple of years, some of, for some of us, it was our formative years that flew by. All right, with us believing the wrong things, with us hearing the wrong things and believing the wrong things. Do you understand what I'm saying? And as a result, okay, those experiences, all right, have actually come, you know, and they've, they've become a stronghold for many people. I get what I'm saying. So because a person has, has lived longer days in scarcity or longer days in depression or longer days in frustration out of maybe, um, uh, not, not maybe, but out of ignorance of what the provisions of the finished work of Jesus is. Guess what? Those days that have been lived, all right, in ignorance now seems to overshadow the days of knowledge. And now seems to overshadow the days when God is revealing things to you. It now looks like it's too good to be true. Or it now looks like a scam. Or it now looks like somebody's trying to pull your legs. Do you see what I'm saying? So it is the experiences that people have had in life. Especially the negative experiences that people have had in life. That, that, that finds a way of killing their huge appetites. And so what God is saying to you is do not allow your negative life experiences to talk you out of the things that Jesus has made available to you. Do not allow the negative things you have experienced in your life, no matter how bad they have been. Do not allow them get you to the point where you are indifferent. No, this thing doesn't work for indifferent people. You understand what I'm saying? The provisions of the finished work of Jesus does not work for indifferent people. You have to go to a place where you say, I want it. I have it. I use it. Not indifference. Well, whatever will be, will be. No, whatever will be, will not be. It's whatever you say that will be. And God trusts you. Isn't it amazing to see that God actually trusts your judgment? He trusts you because you have his DNA. You are born of him. And you have his will, which is his word. So he trusts your judgment. I'm sure that you've looked in the book and you know that his will is not that you die as a result of sickness. And so he trusts that, that it is his word and his will that you're going to be saying. And you're not going to allow the negative experiences of life to bring you to a place of indifference. To a place of, well, you know what? I don't really care. Whatever happens, that's fine. You know, if I die young, that's fine. If I, if I die as a result of a sickness, that's fine. You know, if I die broke, that's fine. If I never have anything to my name in my life, that's fine. The devil is a liar. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, he's attacking the appetite of believers, all right, based on their previous negative experiences. So chances are that if a person has lived long enough, all right, you know, if a person has lived longer years in scarcity, chances are that, you know, they are going to suspect every conversation, you know, that talks about God's prosperity. If a person has lived more time, longer years in self-condemnation, in guilt, in judging themselves, in listening to condemnatory messages and all of that, when they begin to hear the gospel, uh, you know, it would take a lot of the work of the spirits to get them to begin to actually, you know, um, you know, crave for that stuff, you know, to get their appetite up. And let me tell you, God works with the appetite of his children. Oh, I'm telling you, you may want to write that down. God walks with the appetite of his children. Do not allow any kind of defeat, all right? Any kind of negative experience, glory to God, to kill your appetite. Glory to God, to kill your appetite. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. So write this down, please. God wants you to have a huge appetite. In other words, he wants you to have a large, enormous all right, amount of appetite in your life. Appetite for what? 
appetite for the things that Jesus has made available in his death, burial, and resurrection. And the last time I checked, sickness is not part of it. Disease is not part of it. That we cannot afford to be indifferent, both concerning our lives and concerning the lives of others. When we see people go through trouble, when we see people suffer in life, when we see people go through terrible situations, we must have a huge appetite to help them out. You know, on Sunday, I was driving home, and as I was entering our estate, I saw a, a, a lady um, being led by a young boy, hallelujah, led by a young boy, and she was really in a bad shape. She was limping and all of that. And so I, I spoke to my wife and I said, you know what? I, I feel like going to pray for her. And so I, I parked the car in the middle, not in the middle of the road. I parked the car by the side of the road right there in the estate. And then I came down for and walked up to this lady and this boy. And I asked her, I said, what is the problem? And, and you know, after I introduced, she said, who am I? And I introduced myself and I said, I would love to minister to you. And I asked, what is the problem? And she said, she suffered a stroke and she's been paralyzed. I said, can I minister to you? Hallelujah. And while I was doing that, her older sister walks um, close and her own kids. And then I ministered to her and I ministered healing to her. No, I can't be indifferent and say, well, it's not my business. You know, it's not. You see, it is. Look, let me tell you, your huge appetite makes room, produces room for you to experience the flow. You see, you can be so anointed. You can be so full of the Holy Ghost. You can be so anointed miracle working power. But if you don't create channels through your appetite for the release of God's power, guess what? It's going to look like you don't have one. You see, that's why we must, we must intentionally create channels for the exercise of God's power. You must intentionally throw God's power at, at your needs or throw God's power at the needs that is in the environment. It's something you have to intentionally do. You find somebody in the environment who is sick, you offer to minister healing to them. That's how you release the power of God that is at work in you. Otherwise, you're going to have God's power and there will be no channel to release that power. And guess what? Over a period of time, you know, it's going to look like you don't have the power of God. Meanwhile, you have the power of God. God has made you his son. In other words, you have influence with the father. You know, the, the opening scripture, as many as received him, you have received him. He gave you the rights. Glory to God. In other words, he gave you the right to enforce his will, both in your environment and in your life. He gave you the right to administer his will. Maybe not enforce it, but at least administer it in the environment where you find yourself. You can administer the will of God. So if God's will is for somebody to be healed, you can administer that will just by simply having a healthy appetite. Praise God forevermore. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. So let's continue. Let me, let me say this again. I want you to write it down. Your life's experience should not talk you out of what Jesus has made available to you. Don't allow the things you've been through. Yes, you may have had, you may have lived more days in ignorance. But that doesn't mean that you should rule out, that you should become lethargic. You should become laid back. You should become mm, just mm, whatever will be, will be kind of person. No. You should have a huge appetite for life. You should have a huge appetite to experience all that Jesus has made available, hallelujah, in his finished work. Now, let's look at the book of Acts 10 and verse 38. Let's further this conversation. Glory to God. Say this with me. I have a huge appetite. Glory to God. I have a huge appetite. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Acts 10, 38. Look at what it says. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him and the last time I talked about this in the December series you know love walked here I told you that the how God anointed Jesus is a template for how God anointed you because while Jesus was on earth Jesus did not function as God Jesus had to be anointed because God cannot anoint God 
So Jesus was a man anointed by God and then he went about doing good. The same way you are a man full of the Holy Ghost, born of God, anointed by God, and you go about doing good. So what is the, what is the thing that we should have a huge appetite for? Write this down. God anointed Jesus who went about doing good. In other words, you should have a huge appetite to go about doing good. You should have a huge appetite to go about doing good. Praise God. Have a huge appetite to be doing good. Just like Jesus. How God anointed Jesus. It's the same way God has anointed POD. It's the same way God has anointed Modupe. It's the same way God has anointed Mobola. It's the same way God has anointed Austin. Do you understand what I'm saying? How God anointed Jesus is the template for how he has anointed you. You see, but you must have a huge appetite for going about to do good. Let me tell you, you must have a huge appetite for going about to do God's good in the environment. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. So first he says he went about doing good. Then the next thing he says and healing. So the healing was not, was you know, he was doing good and healing. So he was healing as well. All that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Praise God forevermore. So, so God anointed Jesus of Nazareth to go about doing good. Now think about it. Imagine Jesus had no appetite to do that which he was anointed to do. Imagine he had no desire. Imagine he was indifferent. Every time he saw somebody who was sick, he was indifferent. Every time he saw somebody who was demon-possessed, he was indifferent. Every time he saw somebody who was poor. When I say poor, I mean poor for, as lack of the gospel. He was indifferent. Mm, just, just a beg. Everybody should take, you know, their own problem. Do you understand? No, 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 no. Jesus was not indifferent. He was not indifferent when he came to his disciples. He was not indifferent when he came to, you know, the people around him. He was never indifferent. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a huge appetite. Glory to God. You know, let me give you the extent to Jesus' appetite. What, what did Jesus' appetite cover? Well, I'll tell you. Jesus' appetite covered him healing all you know can you imagine jesus healing all that were in his space so he didn't stop until all were healed that's how much appetites jesus had a huge appetite to heal all a huge appetite to go into samaria just for one woman to preach the gospel to her a huge appetite to go about doing the father's business do you understand what i'm saying so jesus went about doing good Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Now, I want you to take note of the good that Jesus did. What are the good things that Jesus did? So you must have a, hap uh, you must have a huge appetite to go about doing good just like Jesus. Because the same way God anointed Jesus is the same way God has anointed you. Let me tell you, these things that I'm sharing with you will mark the difference between the person that has a great year and the person that doesn't. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you. The person that has a beautiful year and the person that doesn't. Huge appetites. You understand? Huge appetites to go about doing good. To go about demonstrating the love of God. To go about in your environment sharing the love of God with people. To go about doing good. A huge appetite to demonstrate the power of God. A huge appetite, you know, to demonstrate the glorious manifest presence of God in your environment. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Now, so the number one good that Jesus did, write this down. Jesus did not do good without sharing the gospel. Okay? The good that Jesus did started with proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. I want you to write that down. The good that Jesus did in the environment started with proclaiming the good news of the kingdom look at matthew 3 and verse 20 matthew 4 and verse 23 matthew 4 and verse 23 matthew 4 and verse 23 the bible says and jesus went about all galilee all galilee see his appetites all galilee teaching in their synagogues 
and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sicknesses and all manner of diseases among the people. So he, the good that Jesus did was preaching the gospel and healing. You know, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So the good that Jesus went about doing was preaching the gospel. So brothers and sisters, it's important for you to have a huge appetite to teach and preach the gospel. Have a huge appetite to minister to the lost. Have a huge appetite to share your faith with other people. Brothers and sisters, that's, that's a way to do good. Jesus did good by preaching the gospel. You understand what I'm saying? Have a huge appetite. It's not something you should be full of apathy about. It's not something you should be indifferent about. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like somebody is literally not living their lives in view of the mercy of God. Not living their lives in view of the love of God. You know, not living their lives with the experience of God's miracle working power. Not living their lives, you know, with the understanding that all their sins are forgiven. Brothers and sisters, you should, you should desire, you should have a huge appetite to let them know. You should to let more and more people know in 2023 about the saving power of Jesus Christ. Yes, you should crave that. And let me tell you, craving that also means sponsoring any attempt, sponsoring with your resources. Do you understand the gospel of Jesus Christ? Now, don't say, listen, don't be that kind of person that says, well, since I cannot preach, I will give. No, no, no. God wants you to preach as well. God wants you to have a huge appetite to share your faith with other people, to share the love of Jesus with others. Yes, your heart might be beating, but still do it nonetheless. Yes, you will give to the gospel, but you also, you know, there's nowhere in scripture that there is an indication that says, or there is a pointer that says, if you cannot go, if you cannot preach the gospel, give towards it. No, no none of them is mutually exclusive. You understand? We preach and we give. We preach the gospel. We share the gospel, the good news to the poor. And we also give towards the gospel as well. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is not mutually exclusive. So Jesus had a huge appetite for going about to do good. And the good that he began to do started with proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. Let's look at Matthew 9 and verse 35. I hope this is clear. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm yearning so much in my heart that there's no ambiguity about these things. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Matthew 9 and verse 35. It says, And Jesus went about the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogue. Look at the extent of his appetite. He was going about teaching in their synagogues. Glory to God. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Do you see the connection between preaching the gospel and healing the sick? That's why everywhere I go, I preach the gospel. I pray for the sick. See the connection. Jesus preached the gospel and then he healed the sick. Everyone who was sick in that environment, Jesus healed them. So what it means is that just by mere positioning yourself and having a huge appetite and recognizing, listen, that God has made you a son. You have his DNA. You are born of God. And you have a delegated empowerment. And you have a designated jurisdiction. Just by accepting and having a huge appetite to release and not being um, um, on defense about it. Look at the kind of things that would happen. Now, let me explain this to you. Imagine Jesus was indifferent about going about preaching the gospel. There will be no gospel preached and there will be no sick healed. Now, I hope that some of you are getting as excited about this as you get excited about a new job, a new promotion, a new provision, a new... Because, look, let me tell you, those things are secondary but you see, if you keep magnifying the secondary, it will keep looking mysterious to you. This is the primary stuff. If you're not, if you don't see yourself being excited about sharing the love of God with other people, if you don't see yourself being excited about a love that you have received, 
bringing other people into it whether casually or formally if you're not excited about that then then that's not a good thing praise god forevermore that's not a good thing let's look at luke chapter number 4 and verse 19 luke 4 19 luke 4 19 thank you dear lord look at what it says it says let's even read from verse 18 he says the spirit of the lord is upon me why because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor that's the good that jesus went about doing then look at the next thing that followed he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted you see preaching the gospel healing the sick i've shown you three patterns now and there are many more now that's good news for you who has received the gospel what how, how is that good news for you it means that the same gospel that brought you salvation is the same gospel that has brought you healing. Do you understand what I'm saying? As the gospel brought salvation to you, the gospel brought healing to your body. Meaning that if you're sick or you've been experiencing a condition or you've been sick in your body, the gospel that brought salvation to you brought healing and health to you. This is in scripture. Praise God forevermore. So God anointed Jesus of Nazareth to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted and preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Do you understand what we're saying? What it means is that if Jesus, you know, did not take his sonship seriously, if Jesus did not take his delegated empowerment and his designated jurisdiction very seriously, and if he did not have a huge appetite, all right, to plug into what the Father was, what the Father had designed to be done, guess what? All these things that he came to do would have remained in the environment. If Jesus did not have a huge appetite, you know, to come to the cross, we would have still remained in our sin. So, brothers and sisters, let me tell you appetites 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 this huge appetite is how people drink from the supernatural is how people this is how god's children this is how god has designed that god's children would take advantage of all of the provisions of the finished work you cannot be indifferent about it you cannot be indifferent about just think about this for a moment. People have gotten, I mean, people have had so terrible experiences to the point where they are now so indifferent about even their own issues. They don't, they don't look forward to anything happening anymore. They're just coasting through life. They don't, they don't really expect anything to happen. It's like whatever day we see, we see. You know, whatever happens on that day, it happens. You know, and that's the reason why many people's uh, victory seem to be seasonal you know seems to be periodic you have a victory today the next time you have a victory is next five years or the next time you have a victory is next three months but you see by walking in this revelation that god is bringing to you you can have victory after victory every day every day of your life there is no day that Jesus did not experience victory. There's no day that Jesus did not demonstrate the victory of God. There's no day that Jesus did not live in victory. There is never one day that Jesus lived in defeat. Do you understand what I am saying? Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Oh, pray in the Holy Ghost wherever you are right now. Go ahead. Wherever you are praying the Spirit right now. Oh, glory, hallelujah. You know, God told us this year it's going to be a loud year. Told us this year it's going to be a statement year. All right? And it's a huge appetite year. Do you understand? It's a huge appetite year. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. More than ever before. 
You begin to crave to see souls won. You begin to crave to see the sick healed. You begin to crave to see blind eyes open. You begin to crave, hallelujah, have a huge appetite. Now listen, I've told you this before. Your huge appetite is plugging into an already existing provision. So you're only just taking that which is already flowing. The finished work of Jesus has created a flow. But now you're, with your appetites, you're taking that which is already flowing. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Oh, so yeah, uh, let me say that again. It's a loud yeah. It's a statement yeah. It's a huge appetite yeah. And one of the things that we must have a, a huge appetite for, and I'm trusting that as you're hearing this, you're hearing it with sanctified ears. Glory to God. You're hearing this with a conditioned heart. A heart that is not that is not opposed to the truth of the gospel. Glory to God. You're hearing this with a trained heart. Glory to God. One of the things that we will have a huge appetite for this year is soul winning. Hallelujah. He's going about preaching the gospel, winning souls, bringing many into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Healing the sick and winning souls. Healing the sick and winning souls. Write this down. All right, God wants you to have a huge appetite to use your influence. The Bible says you are a son of God. He has made you, you have the DNA of Abba. So you have a huge appetite to use your influence. The influence that you have with God. What influence? The influence that you have with God. To use that influence to bring things into existence. Woo! Glory to God. God wants you to have a huge appetite to use your influence. What influence? The influence that you have with God to bring things into existence. I get what I'm saying. So I've just mentioned, number one, have a huge appetite for, for preaching the gospel. To take the good news to the poor. To take the good news to the brokenhearted. Have a huge appetite for that. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. All right. Now, the second thing that God wants you to have a huge appetite for is have a huge appetite to bring creative solutions. Have a huge appetite this year to bring creative solutions into your environment. Why? Because you have a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. All right. He has not given us the spirit of fear. He has given us the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So have a huge appetite to bring creative solutions into your space. Because you have a sound mind. Exodus 35, 35. Look at that. Exodus 35, 35. Talks about how God engraced people with skill. Skill and absolute abilities. They were able to do all manner of skillful work. So you, you must have a huge appetite for creativity. You are in a space. Glory to God. Desire to bring creative solutions into that space. Desire to be the reason why there is creativity in that space. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Have a huge appetite for, for, to bring creative solutions into the world around you. Number three. Have a huge appetite for generous living. Proverbs 11, 24 to 26. Look at that. Proverbs 11, 24 to 26. Have a huge appetite for generous living. Have a huge appetite for generosity. Have a huge appetite to be generous towards God. Have a huge appetite for generous living, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 11, 24 to 26. If you look at it, let's just go there. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Proverbs 11. I know I'm going very fast, but man, I hope you're having a blast. Have a huge appetite for generous living. Why? There is, there is that scatter it and yet increase it. And there is that withhold it more than is meat, but it tended to poverty. Verse 25. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that water it shall be watered also. You see that? Did you read that in your Bible? There is that scatter it and yet increase it. So you're not hoarding, you're scattering, yet God is increasing you. You're scattering, yet God is increasing you. 
And there is one that withholdeth more than necessary. But it tends to poverty. Then it goes on to say, The liberal soul shall be made fat. So I have a huge appetite for generous living. Out of the fatness that God has put in your heart. Out of the capacity that God has given to you. Have a huge appetite for generous living. Let me tell you. Many people on this earth will not know generosity God's way. Until they get in touch with you. Until they hear about your giving. Until they hear about your giving to the gospel. Until they hear about your giving to the gospel. Thank you dear Lord Jesus. Thank you dear Lord Jesus. Look at Isaiah 54 from verse 1 to 2. I'm rushing. And I don't even know who is chasing me. But I just. I just. I just. You know. Want to just share all of this. Look, let me tell you, these truths that you're hearing, I'm telling you, they are so mind-blowing. They are so revolutionary. That all you need to do is meditate on these truths. And let the Spirit of God expound them in your heart. Don't just be the person who hears and just walks away and has another normal year. And has another normal year. And just has another coasting normal year. Now, definitely not you, because you, God has called you out of normalcy. You know, the new normal is, is provision. The new normal is abundance. The new normal is prosperity for you. The new normal in the name of Jesus is that you function in the miraculous easily. The new normal is that you release all of the gifts of the Spirit effortlessly. The new normal is that mighty manifestations are happening in your life. And I mean jaw-dropping manifestations of the Spirit. Such that people will look at you and wonder, what manner of person is this? What manner of person is this? Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Isaiah 54 from verse 1 to 2. It says, Sing, O barren, thou that did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that did not travail with child. For, the, for, for, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Now, verse 2. It says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the place of your tent. And let them stretch forth the curtains of thy inhabitations. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Imagine that God is saying this concerning your finances. Spare not. Don't have scarcity thinking. Spare not when it comes to your generosity. Have a huge appetite. You see, God has a huge appetite to supply to you. God has a huge appetite for supplying to you. Now you have a huge appetite for spreading, for generosity towards the gospel. For generosity towards the local church. For generosity towards men and women. Glory to God. A huge appetite for generous living. He says enlarge the place of your tents. In other words, as you're enlarging in your business. As you're enlarging in your, in your, in your job. As you're enlarging in your dreams. As you're enlarging in your, in, your, in your career. As you're enlarging here. He says enlarge in, towards the, in, in the place of your giving as well. And don't enlarge in every other area and then your giving is still small. Don't enlarge in that area and your generosity is still small. No, as you're spreading in every other area, you're spreading in your giving. In fact, your, your spreading in your giving precedes your spreading in other areas. In other words, you have made your giving the front burner, hallelujah, of your entry into any space. You trust the Lord with your giving. I'm trusting the Lord, you know, to see growth in my career. I start with my giving. My giving demonstrates that which I see. No, you're not bribing God. But your giving begins to demonstrate that which you see with the eyes of the Spirit that the Holy Ghost is taking you to. The place where you see the Spirit of God is taking you to. Your giving begins to demonstrate. You start with your giving. Glory to God. It's just like you know you're a king. So your giving begins to reflect your kingliness. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. So enlarge the place of your tent. Make eye contact with God's word. And let them stretch forth the curtains of their inhabitations. Spare not. Lengthen your cords. And strengthen your stakes. Now, you know what, you know what God is saying here? The, the, it says, 
stretch for the curtains of your in of your habitations meaning habitation has to do with where you live now god is saying stretch for the curtains now you see if your eyes are open you realize that when god is saying stretch for the curtains of your of your inhabitation what he's saying is that from the place where you live start letting your generosity go out that's how you spread your curtains that's how you spread your curtains through your giving what he's saying is that in a place where people um, it is expected that the habitation is the place where people live okay people live in a place and now for people to live in a place right they will have their daily livelihood in that place in other words they will have their food they will have their all of that they have their provision they will have their resources their money their everything in that place now god is saying from the place where you live from the place of your habitation start spreading your resources start start spreading start stretching forth your cutting in other words start spreading start start so the spreading starts with your giving starts with your generous living you start spreading glory to god your influence starts to go into other cities through your words and through your giving through your words and through your giving through your words and through your giving so if you find a person who is a generous giver there will always be a people of influence. Because through their giving, their influence spreads into palaces. Glory to God. Your influence spreads into palaces. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Oh, glory to God forevermore. Now, let's turn our Bibles. I don't know if I can do this one, but I'll just try. Let's turn our Bibles to Isaiah 58. From verse 6 to 7. This is a very huge conversation. But I'll just try to just put it as concisely as possible. Verse 6 to 7. It says, Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To lose the bands of wickedness. To undo the burdens. And to let the oppressed go free. And to break every yoke. Now look at what he's saying in the next verse. Is it not to deal your bread to the hungry? Take note of that. And to bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, that thou hide not thyself from thy own flesh. Now pay attention to this, because this is very important. If you read this text from verse 1, you see that God was talking about how that the people were fasting but they were not getting the required results and then they were asking themselves why are we not getting the required results and then god began to tell them the reason why they are not getting the required results now god was saying to them that look these are the things that you are supposed to do your fast is supposed to loosen the bands of wickedness whilst you fast you're losing bands of wickedness you undo the heavy burdens and all that and so if you all those things you just read god was now telling them this but now the idea is this god will not ask you to do something without him first doing it to you god will not ask you to lose the bands of wickedness without him first losing the bands of wickedness in your life that is the wickedness that people are trying to do to you god sets you free from their grip so all of this is what god first does to us before he expects us to do it to other people now if you look at verse 7 please follow me very carefully because this is very important it says is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry now in other words the first thing you must realize is that god is dealing his own provisions to you now so if god is dealing now you see jesus said i am the bread of life anyone who eats of me will have eternal life will have life do you understand now think about the fact that this bread here is eternal life okay so and all of the things that flows with eternal life now god is saying that you were the hungry in other words where, before you came into christ you were bereft of salvation all right but you de you desired you know eternal life okay now look at this please very important he says, is it not to deal thy bread 
to the hungry. In other words, to take your provision and give to the hungry. Now, this is how God took eternal life. He took all of the provisions of eternal life and gave to us. So, all of the provisions of eternal life has been made available to you. But now, the question is, what's your appetite level? Everything that Jesus paid for, we were the hungry, all right? And Jesus made the provision of his bread to us. Look, it is an ecosystem of provisions that captures every spectrum of your life, of your human need. And guess what? All right, bread is available to the hungry. Eternal life is available to the one who has a huge appetite. The provisions of eternal life is available to anyone who with their appetite will eat. So let me tell you, listen to me very carefully. Jesus, it is possible for Jesus to have made prosperity available and people are not getting it because they don't have the appetite for it. Prosperity is available, but somebody is not enjoying it because they don't have the appetite for it. Now, when you ask them, why don't you have the appetite for it? They say, well, all this word of the year thing, we have heard it before. I've been a Christian for 40 years. And they just come and they say, this is the word for the year. This is the word for the year. And my dear, you know, they walk. I've seen that it does not work. So I beg, I'm not interested. My own is just to come to church and go home, serve as much as I can serve and go home. I, I don't ex I beg, nobody should raise my hopes. So, well, that's so sad. Because what that means is that there's going to be a reservoir of provisions called eternal life, all right? But there's no appetite enough to feed off of what eternal life has made available. Do you understand? There's a reservoir of provisions called eternal life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life, okay? But there's no appetite, there's no huge appetite enough to take advantage of what eternal life has made available. So you see what's happening here. What's happening here is that people are not experiencing as much as they should experience because they, they, they don't have appetites. I get what I'm saying? Now, imagine, therefore, that those same people, these people that don't have appetites, nothing is happening in their lives. You now tell them, go and preach the gospel. They will never preach. You know why? They'll be like, what am I going to tell somebody? What am I going to say to anybody? Me that nothing is happening in my life. I don't have, even have anything to rejoice about. What am I going to tell the other person? Please, there's nothing to say. You see, so your lack of appetite begins to affect those who could have heard the good news and who could have been fed through your own, you know, fullness. Because when we feed our appetite, we get full and then we go to feed people out of the fullness that is in our lives. For example, I have a huge appetite, you know, and I see people healed. I see provision come. I see people blessed. I see prosperity on every side. I see expansion, you know, and out of that, do you understand? I'm going to tell other people that, look, this is, these are the things God is doing in my life. You know, my life is not boring. My life is eventful. There are things that God is manifesting in my life, left, right, center. So for God to use you to feed, feed the hungry. God first fills you up. You understand what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying from this text? So for God to use you to feel the hungry or to feed the hungry, God first fills you up. Now write this down. Eternal life is enough to fill you up. Eternal life is enough. The bread that Jesus came to give is eternal life, brothers and sisters. And it is enough. See, let me tell you. God doesn't expect you to feed the hungry if you yourself are hungry. So God fills you up with the truth of the gospel and then says, out of the experience of your fullness, go and fill other people up. So to deal thy bread to the hungry. Now that bread there is what holds the possibility of life for the one who has a huge appetite. The bread there that we're talking about here is what carries all of the possibilities of what is available to you. And that bread is the finished work of Jesus. 
But now the guy who will eat this bread must have an appetite to see all that Jesus has paid for coming to your life. Are you getting what I'm saying? Appetites to see prosperity. And let me tell you, and I close on this note, do not allow the negative experiences. So for example, that you've been sick for 40 years does not mean you shouldn't have the appetites to feed from the healing that Jesus has supplied. I don't care how long you've been sick. I don't care how long you've been jobless. That you've been jobless for five years doesn't mean you shouldn't have the appetite to receive, you know, you know, all that Jesus has made available. And you ask me, is employment available in redemption? I say, yes. Yes, it is. Is provision available? Yes, it is. Is a mighty supply available in redemption? Yes, it is. When people's huge appetites meet God's abundant supply, mighty things happen in the earth. When people's huge appetites meet with God's abundant supply, there is an outbreak, there's an outburst. Mighty things happen in the earth. So brothers and sisters, this is not the year to be indifferent. This is not the year to be indifferent about prayer. It's not the year to be indifferent about um, giving. It's not the indifferent. It's not the year to be indifferent about soul winning. It's not the indifferent to be. It's not the year to be indifferent about creativity. It's not the year to be indifferent about you know releasing your 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 gifts to the world. It's not the year to act like mm, well, it really doesn't matter because great things happen when people have huge appetite so as we close this this evening don't forget number one that god has given you delegated empowerment and god has given you a designated jurisdiction you're on earth god has daily god has given you delegated empowerment in other words you have the ability to use your influence with god to solve mankind's problems, including problems in your family, including problems on your business, including problems in your homes, including problems in your ministry, including problems in your unit or your expression in church. So you can't be full of apathy. You're a prince. You're a king. You have a say. You have influence with God. Use your influence. The same way somebody tells you, but you have influence with this person. Use your influence and speak to them on our behalf. Brothers and sisters, you have influence with God. And God has given you delegated empowerment. He has given you designated jurisdiction. Nobody should die around you. Nobody should be sick around you. Nobody should be broke around you. You are God's voice in that space. You are God's God's opinion in that space. When God wants to give an opinion about anything, He says, call me, call me, call me bossy. Bosse has my opinion about Call me Debola. Debola has my opinion about this matter. And I trust his judgment. You see, that's the reason why you can't stay far away from the book. That's the reason why you can't stay far away from the word. That's the reason why you can't stay far away from fellowship. That's the reason why you can't stay far away from, from regular service experiences. How else do you get the opinion of God? You are the custodian of God's opinion concerning sicknesses. And what is God's opinion concerning sicknesses? That they be healed. You are the custodian of God's opinion concerning scarcity. And what is God's opinion concerning scarcity? That there should be an abundance of supply. You are the custodian of God's opinion concerning the backwardness in the environment. Oh boy, look at the custodians of God's opinion. And now I'm encouraging you. I'm appealing to you, don't be indifferent. Don't act like you're not interested. How are you going to see the power of God flow through you if you're all indifferent, if you don't care? Whatever will be, will be. Don't live that kind of life. You're the custodian of God's opinion. If you live like that, then you have no right to complain about a senator who didn't do their job. You know who you are. The God's ambassador in the earth. God's representative. I said God's opinion in the earth is held by you. You are God's good opinion in the earth. Because you are a custodian of the gospel. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the time we have spent receiving your word. We thank you for the joy and the gladness that has flown out of your word. Thank you because eyes have been opened, people have been equipped. And now, precious Holy Spirit, as many as use this word, we decree and declare that this year they see miracles of the God kind in their lives. In Jesus' holy name, we declare. Amen. Thank you for engaging with us in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello.blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprint Church and on Instagram at The Blueprint Church. Cheers.